Are you ready? Are you ready? Are you ready? Are you willing? Are you willing? Are you willing? Let's begin. Hey, gents. Welcome to another episode of Apex Masculinity, a high-performance men's coaching outfit designed to help you show up strong in every area of life. Raising the bar in fatherhood, marriage, finance, business, health, and all things manly. Gentlemen, let's begin. Welcome to Resisting Beta, the men's health podcast. And now, your host, Andrew Bontz. All right, man. Welcome to another episode of the Resisting Beta podcast. I am excited about this guest today because he has a different angle that we haven't explored a lot. So, And you'll see what I mean as, as you hear more about his story. So some of the questions I've written down from reading his book is he talks about the cycle of self-sabotage. I'm curious what he means by that and what that means to the men out there. He also mentions in the book that he is an expert at helping people use or get through tragedy and leverage it, grow, and then succeed, which is super interesting. And in his book, he talks about true manhood and how to reclaim it if you've let it slip. So... I've already had the privilege of meeting Nick. We've had about an hour-long conversation. I'm so blessed to have him here, and you're going to get a lot out of this today. So Nick, he's the founder of the Apex Masculinity Podcast. He's also published an author of a best-selling book called Apex Masculinity, Defeat, Self-Sabotage, Reclaim True Manhood. He's a public speaker, oil field worker. He's happily married for 15 years and to the woman of his dreams and has six amazing kids. So Nick, I really appreciate you being here. Thanks so much. Yeah, it's my pleasure, bro. I'm happy to be here. I'm excited. Awesome. So I've heard your story in your book, but I think that men would really benefit kind of hearing from your, your kind of uh, conflicted history uh, and how you kind of got to where today. So I'd love to you to share that story with the men. Sure. Absolutely, bro. So um, I grew up in a real toxic home environment. My mom had me out of wedlock when she was 16 and met my stepfather a couple years later. They got married. He stepped into my life at like the age of four and yeah, things are okay for a while, but everybody gets comfortable. And uh, then the real you, the real person starts to come out, you know, and uh, this guy was um, obviously he, you know, fed me, clothed me, provided a roof over my head and all that stuff. But he had a very uncanny knack of being a very explosive, tyrannical, rage-filled, emotionally unsecure um, person as it related to discipline. There was a lot of screaming and yelling and demoralizing words and a lot of uh, physical abuse. And in the beginning, it was uh, tragic for, for my mother. I mean, hmm. I would hear her crying down the hall. and But over time, she began to get accustomed to it. And ultimately, she began to do it herself. At the time, I didn't realize this because no child really does. You always just think you're broken and there's something wrong with you. But I realized eventually that I had acquired this archetype personality in my family dynamic of being the black sheep or the punching bag, the one where everybody just um, vomits their emotional baggage on by way of 
words and physical abuse. And it really started to damage the neural pathways of my brain to the point where I had no self-esteem, self-worth, self-dignity, self-identity, self-respect. Um, felt as though I grew up in a home without love, support, and validation. And these are human needs, right? right. People don't realize that, but these are actual human needs that help people, especially children, grow into healthy adulthood. And when it's not there, it creates a deep-seated pain uh, that that almost can't be explained or quantified, but it's definitely felt and understood. It's there. And we begin to look for ways to medicate that deep-seated emotional pain any way we can. And so for me, growing up in El Paso, Texas, drugs were very prevalent. Um, I remember leaving school one time because uh, I was a new kid. I had moved schools halfway through the year. Uh, there was a lot of anxiety. Like I just wasn't comfortable in my own skin. I felt like everybody knew all of the drama and, and toxicity in my own life and in my own, even though no one did. Uh, but you just couldn't get comfortable. So I remember ditching school that day. I just like, I can't do this. My parents had already gotten divorced. I was staying with my mom. I wasn't really worried about getting in any serious trouble at that point, you know, but I remember ditching school and going to this huge uh, drainage ditch for these um, flash floods that happen often in El Paso, Texas. And that's where the ditchers would go hide out. And I was down there just glad to be out of the limelight, so to speak, and bumped into these gangbangers that were down there and thought for sure I was going to get roughed up or bullied or something because there was a lot of that going on in junior high. But in this particular case, man, these guys invited me over and uh, fired up a joint. That was my first experience with getting high. And boy, I tell you what, man, I did not have to deal with myself, my pain. There was no pain. There was no trauma. There was no drama. Um, there was only escapism and distraction. And I absolutely fell in love with smoking weed. And of course that led into cocaine, led into hallucinogenics, ultimately led up to crystal methamphetamines, which was my drug of choice for the, you know, pretty much 10 years. I put needles in my arm. Uh, that whole lifestyle of being a meth addict led me to prison, not just once, but twice. Um, of course I was living that toxic lifestyle and of course included in that is partying with people and sleeping around with people and it ended up fathering some children that i didn't get to raise because i was definitely not in a place to be a good father and uh just a lot of loss and sorrow and what people don't realize is man it starts out originally you're just trying to medicate pain from your childhood but because you continue to make toxic and substandard choices Growing into your adult years, there's a lot of shame and a guilt associated with not being able to make good choices and live correctly as a person. So it just compounds on itself, so to speak. Sure. And it ultimately led to a place where I was just really homeless, living under a bridge, eating out of trash cans, uh, had nothing to my name but a bunch of warrants for my arrest and a, and, a, and a couple dirty needles in my back pocket, same clothes. The guy would drool in his beard with a sign that says, Hey, homeless, need another fix, anything helps. Like that was me. Um, hmm. That's kind of the condensed version of the childhood led to prison. The second time I was there, I kind of had that wake up call. Um, it was an opportunity for me to get um, my head clear, sober, right? Dry out, so to speak, for a little bit and hmm. really kind of go over the last several decades of my life and 
I realized in that moment that I want to change. And maybe some of your listeners will find themselves in this place where they're looking at their life today and they're noticing things in their life. Maybe it's an addiction. Maybe they're overweight. Uh, maybe there's relationship issues, whatever the financial issues. Um, they're not getting anywhere in their career. They're having these issues in their life. They're trying to, and they're having this wake up call where they, they realize they're ready for change, but they don't have a map. There's no roadmap. There's no guideposts. There are no mentors. There's no one. And we didn't get this at home from our father. You know what I mean? And uh, I had some. I had some older convicts kind of take me under their wing, and they didn't really teach me about personal growth and development. They just taught me to start seeing myself with, with self-respect as a solid man, right? And that kind of helped me get going that way. I had a bit of. Uh, uh, I know this is different for everybody, but I had a bit of a religious awakening or religious experience while I was there. And when I got out of prison, um, I started attending uh, church. I met my wife there. I was on this really good path for a while, but I kept noticing this uncanny knack to pull the pin on a hand grenade and throw it into my own lap mm. when things started to go well. Now, obviously, I don't want to dominate this conversation, but this is what led me into my study of self-limiting beliefs and self-sabotage. So you interrupt me anytime as we go, but this is the crux of what the book is about. And what, um, what I try to teach people is when you grow up in a toxic environment like that, the neural pathways of your brain are wired to believe a certain way. It creates a worldview. It creates a view of others. It creates a view of what a family dynamic should look like. It creates your worldview on how you see money, whether you have a poverty mindset or an abundance mindset. It creates your view on uh, how relationships should go, uh, a whole host of different things. And it becomes hardwired, like a computer gets programmed. You begin to believe certain axioms to be factual and undeniable. And namely in my case, because I heard so much with words and with physical abuse that I was nobody and would never amount to anything, mm -hmm. I firmly believed that I was nobody and that I would never amount to anything. And because belief always affects behavior and action, I therefore carried myself from day to day based on what my beliefs were about myself that I was a substandard man, that I wasn't good for anything, that I could never win, I can't accomplish anything, and therefore my behavior always aligned with my belief system. So in about 2016, I'd been married for a couple years, and like I said, I was on a better path. I'd uh, got an eighth grade education. All of my other friends had either gone to high school or gone to college or trade school or got involved in businesses and kind of had made something of their lives. And I was like this only guy that was like stuck in this place of like bottom shelf living. Mm -hmm. I was able to get my commercial driver's license through a 10 week course at the local vocational college, which really helped me. Right. So I was making money. We were doing okay. Been married for a couple of years. Wasn't using drugs. Wasn't drinking. I was on this better path. But whenever I'd start to hit the barrier or the ceiling of success beyond what my mind believed I deserved, something catastrophic would happen mentally where I, I wouldn't believe that I could achieve it. I wouldn't believe I could maintain it if I got it. And I didn't believe that I deserved it. So therefore, to be in alignment with how I believed and how I felt about myself, I would pull the pin on a hand grenade, throw it into my lap, blow my whole life up, 
to bring myself back to a level that I felt comfortable in that was known. And a lot of guys I find do this. They don't believe that they're able to have a healthy, robust, romantic relationship to the woman they love because they have these um, self-limiting beliefs on how relationships should be. They don't see themselves as the kind of guy that can attract a beautiful woman that has her act together and would be a blessing to their life. So they continue to search for like bottom of the barrel ladies or they have, you know, we've all seen that one lady that's gorgeous and she attracts these abusive men into her life. Mm-hmm. And when the relationship ends, she'll either take that guy back or she'll go find another guy that's just as rotten as the last, right? Because she has a network in her mind that tells her that's what she deserves and that's all she can have. So mm-hmm. what I try to do is help guys understand that in order to get from where you are to where you want to be, because even though there's this part of us that doesn't believe we can be successful in these different areas of manhood and life, there is another part of us that yearns and longs and desires for greater accomplishment, greater success, greater greater romantic intimacy and connection, greater wealth, greater status, greater accomplishment, you know, to move forward in the in the ranks at our jobs, to own a business one day. These desires percolate within men. So it's almost like there's two people living inside of us at the same time, right? So in order to get these two men aligned, your belief system and your desire system, you have to begin to rewire your mind. Mm-hmm. And I walk guys through a process on how that actually works. And if you want to get into that, we can, but that's kind of basically my life in a nutshell and how it led into sure. me starting the Apex Masculinity podcast and writing the book because I want to teach men how to rewire their minds to become the man they they know that deep down inside they can be. So where did you come up with the Apex Masculinity name? I mean, what does that mean to you? And you know, how did that how did that evolve? Sure. So Apex means the pinnacle, the tip, or the summit. Like it's the top, right? And even though we never really reach the pinnacle because when you level up or up level in your life, you're able to see further of where your life could go as a man, right? You begin to see these great successes in your life and you begin to achieve things that you never imagined were possible for yourself. And when you get them, all it does is broaden the view of how much further these things could go by way of being a better father, being a better husband, managing your money better, owning a business, you know, having the health and the fitness and nutrition routine and the body that you've always wanted and all this. And so even though we never get there, Apex is designed to keep men on a journey to that pinnacle. Okay. And that's where the Apex name came from. Absolutely. So when when you were... Because, I mean, you've had quite the journey, right? So when you were back in the early stages of kind of hitting rock bottom and then clawing your way back out of there, what, I mean, you went from kind of deep down in the depths to kind of figuring stuff out pretty quick. I'm kind of curious if we can go back there uh, and just maybe some processes or some of the key things you began to change in the beginning and where you started to see some momentum and, 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 you know, is are there some key moments in that story that are, are worth telling? Absolutely. 
Yeah. So um, I always love podcast interviews where you can be totally transparent, even if it's ugly, right? Mm -hmm. Or even if it like runs cross grain with someone because it's just my story, right? And uh, as long as people can accept that, that, all right, that's just that guy's story, uh, it'll make sense for people. So for me, having that religious experience, a spiritual awakening, so to speak, when I was in prison really helped me. It actually kind of gave me head and shoulders above where I'd ever been in life to begin to Hmm. want and desire change. However, a lot of these personal growth and development topics that you hear discussed, things like the stuff that Tony Robbins teaches or things about neuropathway development, things about self-limiting beliefs or self-sabotage, think about mindset creation, all of these different or habit building or different things like that. These things are not spoken on in religious settings, right? Right. Because religious settings are for religious topics. Mm-hmm. So even though I was on a better trajectory in life and I was around a, be- a better network of people, the root issues of my, from my past were not being addressed and the psychology was not being taught. And I tell you what, man, the guy that figures out how to blend <laughs> religion and psychology in a way that it doesn't violate either one that figures out a way to mesh mm-hmm. them both like that, that guy's going to be successful. Right. So, but I realized that I was not, there was a part of me that was not being addressed in this medium. So I had to go on a deep dive. Uh, 2016 is where it really got hot and heavy. I got T-boned by a semi that year, just like oh. totaled my car, knocked me out of my shoes, neck brace to the hospital. Um, at the same time, and all of that happened while I was getting treatment for hepatitis C from sharing needles from like 20 years before. Like it was such a crazy year, bro. I was living in an RV with my wife and kids down in South Texas. And I like, I was crying myself to sleep at night, right? Because I could not figure out how to build an amazing life. I couldn't figure out how to manage my money better, how to make better choices, how to not be impulsive, how to not get depressed, how to not have triggers that I gave over to. Like I couldn't figure out how to manage my whole person as a man. So I told my wife, I was like, you know, maybe I should see a therapist, which I'm totally for that, right? Like you got to get help wherever you can right? So for some people, it's NA, AA meetings, therapy, religious settings, podcasts, books, counselors, coaching, all life coaches, whatever. Find what works for you and plug in and begin to devour this content. But anyway, I made a few phone calls to some psychotherapists and psychologists. And I realized that at the time I didn't have the money to afford being able to really do that. Like, Plus the work schedule was set up in a way to where I just couldn't take a day off and go sit on some dude's couch for two hours and like divulge, you know, all my traumatic stuff from my past. I just, I just wasn't in that place at that time. So I had just gotten my first iPhone and I'm not a big technology guy. If you listen to any of my podcasts, I'm like railing on technology all the time because it's just, I'm a 44 year old white truck driver in the oil fields and technology is not my thing, right? But I I needed this iPhone for the map, for the map app on it so I could find these locations that I was, because I was a truck driver, right? And I was like already listening sure. to, ser- to sermons on podcasts because I enjoyed that. It helped me, right? And I thought maybe I could find a therapy mm-hmm. podcast or something like that. 
So I started looking around. I had to muddle through the weeds. There was a lot of garbage and podcasts are funny, you know, like, um, certain people like certain personalities and other people completely don't like that person. You know, I've had people recommend podcast, uh, people to me and I'll listen and I'll be like, dude, why do you like this guy? You know, like I'm not getting anything from this, you know, but, and then I'll recommend people and they're like, nah, that's not my thing, dude. But anyway, it took me a minute to find my spot and I landed on this podcast called knowledge for men by Andrew Farabee. And, uh, hmm. dude, it blew me away, bro. Like this guy is doing just what you do and just what I do, having guests come on and talk about their story and give their backstory and some trauma and tragedy and how they leveraged it and stories about how guys were living in their car and went on to be like the CEO of a supplements company or guys that were homeless and went on to, you know, manage like, um, uh, just different businesses and make seven figures and different things like that. And I was blown away that there were people out there that had lived just like I had lived, but did not let that sideline them and keep them stuck perpetually in a place of unsuccess and unfulfillment. They begin to implement practical steps to bring themselves out of that, leverage their past and begin to build the amazing life that they wanted for themselves and for the people that they love and care for. So I became a devourer. I don't even say a consumer. I became a devourer and I was blessed to be a truck driver. So I could listen to this stuff 10 hours a day and I just started listening and he'd have a guest come on and then I'd go to that guest's podcast or their, or their page or you know, he'd have somebody come on, talk about their book. So I would read that book and I just started devouring content and I learned so much. And I begin to implement what I learned as far as rebuilding the neural pathways of my brain to begin to believe that I can accomplish great things regardless of my past. Number one. And if you guys, and if you're, if your listeners are taking notes, there is a process to rebuild your mind, to begin to believe that you are able to accomplish anything regardless of your current station in life, regardless of your past upbringing, regardless of any trauma that you went through. None of that matters because the brain can be rewired continually up until you're a 60 year old man. That process never stops, but not only to rewire the mind to believe that you're able to accomplish great things, but to believe that you're able to maintain them when you get them and to believe that you deserve to have them. And for guys that have trauma in their past or don't feel good about themselves, there is a part of the mind that tries to convince us that other people can have that, but we can't because we don't deserve that. We don't deserve to be successful like mm. that guy is. You know, that guy's done the work. That guy grew up in a good home. That guy, and the reason we do this is because we know our own selves too well. We know every dirty deed ever done. We know all the dark secrets in the recesses of our own souls. We know all the people we've wounded. We know all the times that we let people down and let ourselves down and that we've quote unquote failed. And the brain has a real good way of storing all of that garbage in these file cabinets. And when we come up against a decision to better ourselves, whether it's in our marriage, in our finances, in our career, in our health, the brain will go to that file cabinet and almost like an attorney in court pulling out stacks and files of evidence to set them on a table to convince a jury that no, you can't do this because look at all of this up until now. And then we submit and all of this is happening subconsciously. 
almost a wavelength mm-hmm. behind conscious perception. We don't even realize really that it's taking place, but it's like nanoseconds of firing that's going off. And when it's done, we don't even realize why we don't want to try. We just don't want to try. But it's because this mm. quiet discourse has taken place within the neuroplasticity of the brain that's convinced us that we shouldn't for whatever reason, you know? So the way that I choose to rewire, and you were talking about explosive growth or quick growth, is you have to be an avid consumer of positive affirming content and preferably on a daily basis. You got to, because those neural pathways in our brain are developed as we take information in through what I call the six biological data collection sites on our body. What we see, what we hear, what we smell, what we taste, what we touch, what we feel, and honestly, what we think, because you can create neural pathways with what you think. So as we take information in through these biological data collection sites on our person, neural pathways are created and they're forever there. They're housed in memory. They're there so that you can draw upon them in the future to make decisions, you know, and it's a, it's a biological, biological thing designed for like survival and whatnot, but you have to begin to rebuild those by listening to positive affirming content every day. And that's what I do. So I'm into books. I'm into audiobooks. I'm into podcasts. I want to hear those rags to riches stories. I want to hear the story of the guy, uh, you know, like David Goggins. I'm sure you've heard of this guy. Everybody's heard of David yeah, Goggins. Yeah, love him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Decorated, like the only guy that's done all three, you know, of the like high-end military and different branches of the military. But he talks about how he was 290 pounds. You know what I mean? And he had to get himself to the place where he believed he could do it. He believed he could maintain it and he believed he deserved it. But because of the way he was raised, he didn't believe he could do it. He didn't believe he could maintain it if he got it. And he didn't believe that he deserved it. So when you listen to his story and stories like that from a multiple variety of sources, you are convincing yourself, hey, there's other people out there that have done this and are doing this. And I'm no different than these people. So the brain begins to be rewired that way. And there's a ton of stuff like, I don't like, um, in it, but that's the most important thing to rewire the brain. Another thing that I do that has really helped me is, uh, neuro-linguistic programming, but self-induced neuro-linguistic programming, basically I am statements and affirmations. Like in the hmm. morning, when I, when I wake up in the morning, bro, and I'll, I'll be honest with your audience and with my own audience too, we're all busy people. It doesn't happen every single day, but it needs to be happening more often than not where you sit down in the quiet of the morning and you speak not who you were, not who you currently are, but who you want to be, but you use it in the present tense. So when I get up every day, I say, I am a best-selling author of self-help books for men. I am having impact and influence in the lives of hurting men. I am a world-renowned public speaker. I am a great dad. I am a great husband. I am wealthy. I am in the best shape of my life. My headspace is positive. I am a happy person. I am fulfilled. And when you do that, it comes out of your mouth, into your ears, new neural pathways are created, and it begins to affect what you believe. And if we go back to the beginning of this conversation where I said, belief always affects behavior. So now that you have convinced yourself that these axioms about how you want to be are actually in the present tense affirmations, 
your behavior will begin to follow what you are now believing. And you'll notice yourself doing day-to-day actions, challenging yourself, getting disciplined, doing the hard work, things that you would have never done. Like, man, I got to go to the gym three times a week. Like, that's exhausting. Like, it's exhausting thinking about that. But because you have convinced yourself that you are in the best shape of your life and that you are a solid, healthy, fit, and trim man, because you affirm that to yourself every day, your behavior will now naturally follow what you believe to the point where it's no longer hard work. It's just autopilot, so to speak. And I like, I'm in the gym three or four times a week. You know what I mean? I brought my triglycerides and my cholesterol down from 655 down to 158. Dude, it was like, like we were having conversations about cardiovascular, serious cardiovascular problems, you know? And I'm like, okay, this, I now have to take full ownership of this area of my life that is failing and begin to fix it. Right. But my, my, my behavior doesn't want to do the work. So I've got to convince my mind that I have done the work and then behavior follows kind of a long rabbit trail there, but that's some of the things that I use from day to day to see expansive growth in my life. Yeah. I mean, Mm -hmm. I love when David Goggins talks about building the mental callus and kind of having that. I think he calls it like his bitch voice or something like that inside his own mind and, and constantly putting himself in situations that test that. And he takes it to a whole new level. Like, right, right. <laughs> like, I don't know if I, I don't know if I want to put myself in situations that he puts himself in, but it certainly right. is inspiring. Um, right. I like the fact that the, there's an app that, uh, I really enjoy. It's called think up and it, you re- basically record those I am statements and then the app reads it back to you with some music Are and that kind serious? of stuff. Okay. Yeah. Uh-huh. I've gotten a lot of value out of that because then it's in your voice. So it kind of helps in a different way reprogram your subconscious mind because it's like you're speaking to uh-huh. yourself, but it's yeah. it's you talking to you kind of, but it's it, it's not necessarily like you're saying it out loud and then you're – because you, when you say it out loud, you can't necessarily hear it, right? <laughs> mm-hmm. So it's kind of a cool app, but I love, I love the ability to just focus on – the narratives inside your mind mm-hmm. and surrounding yourself with people like, you know, you're the average of the five people you spend the most time with. And if you don't haven't built that circle of men around you, uh, relying on the podcast and audio books and, and anything you can get your hands on to, mm-hmm. uh, to lift your lift your mind up too so because i do the same thing because if i i can tell when i've slacked on you know my podcast schedule or an audiobook or whatever because i start to get kind of cranky and irritable and have a, a strong case of the fuckets you know right <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah and those are the things that guys need to that guys need to really go on the self-discovery journey and uh you know and that's kind of the precursor to implementing all these strategies to kind of build your mindset to get stronger is a real like a triage like a self-diagnosis you know what are my triggers like you were saying uh, uh, you get a case of the fuck it's what's going on in your life like right before you get to that point what what kind of uh what kind of meals have you had that week how much sleep right. have you gotten that week 
You know what I mean? Like what challenges or goals or ambitions that you know you should be working towards that we kind of got lazy on that week. And now there's a part of our brain that's feeling like we're cheating ourselves. And because we're cheating ourselves, we're getting frustrated internally, you're right? And some of the more frustrating conversations that I've had with my wife is where I'll tell her, look, I'm robbing myself because of my impulsivity. I'm robbing myself because of my lack of discipline. And like, I'm frustrated. And even though I've got a beautiful wife, amazing kids, an awesome home, a great career, my health is in the best shape I've ever been in my life because I've got these furtherance goals and ambitions that I have. And I'm not like, um, I'll have that season that week or whatever, where I'm just like, not feeling it, bro. At the end of that week, I'm like, yeah, dude, I lost time here, bro. Like I shorted myself here, you know, kind of a thing. Mm -hmm. And uh, that's a good thing. You know what it means? You care as a man, because the only other option from that is just to give up and just like slip into that quiet place, bro, or that quiet place of desperation, the doldrums of life where there's no wind, there's no water. You're just floating. And that's a terrible place to be, bro, because I've been there. I don't know if mm-hmm. you have, but I know that I've been there. And uh, yeah, that's we weren't meant for that. You know what I mean? Masculinity in America has been sucker punched, bro. We weren't created to be stagnant. We weren't created to be idle. We are purpose-driven beings. You know what I mm-hmm. mean? There is a dream and a gift and a purpose that you know, you're know you here for a reason. It's not accident. It's not chance. I don't care what your religious preferences are, you know, how you see creation and you know whatever that looks like for you is fine. But it, it, when you look at the galaxy, the universe, bro, and yeah, maybe there's life out there, but we haven't found it yet. And you've, like, you realize that we are this beautiful, like, like fleshly being with this divine spark in them, like we're not here for no reason, bro. We're here to do, you know? And when we don't, it causes frustration. Yeah. I think that the more I've focused on what I used to do to numb or distract, the more, the more time I spend there, the more frustrated I get because Mm. it's so hard to, get because distracting or numbing or whatever it's easy mm-hmm. and it's easy to get stuck there because you just don't necessarily have to deal with stuff right and no one's no one's coming to save you you know and but also yeah. no one's coming to slap you on the hand either unless you have that kind of brotherhood of men that mm-hmm. in your life that can do that for you but most men nowadays don't and right. they kind of rely on their wife or their woman or their girlfriend to kind of like kick in the ass sometimes. And, but that's not, that's not the person to be doing that, (laughs) you know? So it's, 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 but it's more challenging than ever because of the technology and because of the social media and all of that is designed to distract us, you know, and uh, put us in states of comparison and preventing us from kind of living our own life and, also puts us in a fear state where, you know, your, your mind, your brain is not meant to to have you succeed. (laughs) Your your brain is meant to keep you alive. Right. And I love that you, you talked a little bit about that. So that's, uh, some things that are a huge struggle for me. One of the things that in our first conversation that really speaks to me is that, that, that cycle of self-sabotage, because I find for me, I'll kind of hit these seasons of my life to where uh, I'll, I'll hit a bottom and I'll be like, screw this. And I'll just like 
just muscle out of it. And then I'll get to a point where like things is good. Things are good. My health is better. My finances are, are, are going pretty good. And then you kind of start coasting a bit and then mm-hmm. you coast too long and then you slide back down again. <laughs> yeah. And I don't, yeah. I'd love to hear your perspective on how you kind of help navigate that for you and maybe some of the other men mm-hmm. in your life that mm-hmm. deal with that roller coaster. Sure. I think we should preface this by saying, there has to be a balance because um, I don't want to say you can you can only go so far so fast, but there is an element to that. So like you get a guy that's reached a financial peak in life in his career and there's obviously room to grow, but it's going to take a minute to get there. Like you're going to have to learn something, a skill or a trade or a reputation at your place of business before you're able to move up the ladder and get more money or something like that. Or, you know, even on the weight bench, like just because you want to throw another two and a half pounds on either side of that barbell, doesn't mean you're going to be able to do that, right? You got to take some time and you got to work towards things. So there are seasons where it seems as though it's just, it's just, uh, how did you say that? Riding the curve or so to speak. What helps me to not drop when I'm in that season where I'm like, okay, there's really not anything else beyond this for a season. This is where I need to be for a season. I will create little challenges for myself, right? That take me out of my comfort zone into a realm that I've never been before um, so that I can continue to stretch myself. So if my life is not giving, and sometimes life will give you these opportunities, you'll get them on your job. You'll be asked to do a project that's way beyond, you know, or, hey, you're going to be the manager now and you're overseeing this department and these 40 guys. Okay, wow, life just handed you a challenge. Time to grow, time to enjoy that season or in your finances or your marriage or relationships or whatever. Um, But sometimes it won't. Sometimes life won't give you that opportunity to stretch and grow. So you have to be proactive. You and I have to be proactive as men and challenge ourselves. You know what I mean? Like what kind of side class can you take online to add to your resume that'll help you do further? So when this six month or 18 month period's over, you now have the work experience plus the degree. So you've challenged yourself academically that way or what can I do in my health and fitness routine? You know, something little like skipping breakfast and just having a green smoothie or, you know, these three days a week, I'm going to do intermittent fasting and you write it down. Like you write it down in a book. So it's the law. I've noticed that if it's not written, it's not law, right? And there's mm-hmm. a lot of flexibility to not do things, but you can create these very small challenges for yourself by way of discipline. And they're all things that we need to do. And it really shows you where you're at. Because for me, yeah. I have the routine, right? I get up in the morning, I brush my teeth. I want to have a green smoothie or some cachava. I want to go to the gym real quick. I want to come home. I want to spend at least um, 20, 30 minutes on this next book that I'm writing. I want to do a podcast every day. Like I have this long list of things that I need to do. but And they can be done. But the <laughs> level of discipline that it takes to do them from day to day. And you don't have to overwhelm yourself to the point where you fail because no one likes to fail all the damn time. That's just going to create a desire to not want to do anything. But little challenges that you can introduce into your life that are helping you stay stretched and grow will keep you from plateauing. You Mm -hmm. know what I mean? Even if it's just a few degrees, you're soaring. Yeah. I, I, uh, I started this practice of taking cold showers in the morning where I'll soap up with the warm water and I'll take a cold shower uh, to mm. rinse it off. And it's 
just mm-hmm. kind of like those little tests to where you put yourself in a situation where like your body's like, don't do it. You don't want to do it. Uh-uh. Yeah. No, it's um, going to suck. And you're like, screw you. Yeah. I'm going to do it. <laughs> and yeah. then, like, we just had our last guest. He was the CEO and founder of Ice Barrel. And he was talking about these ice plunges that people utilize uh-huh. and for health and all that stuff. And, and uh, I'm excited to try it out. But mm-hmm. it's mm-hmm. going to be it's going to be another taking that to the next level for sure. <laughs> Dude, every, um, every podcast I've ever heard where someone talks about the whole cold shower thing in the morning, dude, every single person says it's brutal. And the few times that like, I've like made an attempt to include this into my routine. God bless, bro. That's rough, <laughs> dude. <laughs> At five o'clock in the morning, dude, you're like, why am I doing this? You know what I mean? It really, like, yeah. another thing I noticed is sometimes ideas are really good at one point during the day, but they're not so good ideas at another point during the day, you know? At the end of the day where you yeah. really didn't, where you, were, you really weren't disciplined or whatever at the end of the day, you're like, that's it, tomorrow, bro, cold shower, I'm doing this, it's the right thing. <laughs> the next morning at 5 a.m., you're like, all right, well, don't, it don't have to be all the way cold. Yeah. <laughs> My, my neighbors get to hear a little girl scream at like six in the morning every morning, you know? I love it. <laughs> They're like, who's that yeah. high-pitched woman that screams in your bathroom every morning? It's like, well, it's not a woman. It's me because right. uh, uh, I spray myself with freezing cold water every day. No, I love it. What's that high-pitched – what is that high-pitched girl scream? Ah, it's me. I'm stretching my masculinity. <laughs> yeah, I love it. No, there's 100%. Yeah, guys can do, man. Like we talk, I've talked about semen retention on my podcast. Where, you know, like um, I've had when my wife and I have even practiced this, bro. Where you go all week without intercourse, without you keep your junk basically, save mm-hmm. it for the weekends. Because what I've noticed is there's a lot of masculine energy associated with that. That really sure. helps me with my drive at work. It really helps me with my drive with podcasting, with book writing, with all the things that I want to do for myself. And when you're the kind of person, man, like, and no judgment here, I don't want to say this in a way where like I'm belittling people because I was there, bro. I was Mm -hmm. there where you come home from work at night, you drink until you're just about ready to pass out, inebriated from alcohol, and you close the night out with a five, six, eight minute session on Pornhub. And that's your schedule night after night. Right. You know what I mean? You have you, you you know what I mean. There's no masculine energy. There's no masculine power in you. You know what I mean. So it's good to stretch yourself a number of different ways, whether it's cold showers, semen retention, the way you eat, going mm-hmm. on that morning jog. But you know this guy that I had on my podcast. Um, he's a he's a diet dietary like fitness and nutrition guy, and he talked to me about this principle called CMGs, which hmm. stands for can't miss goals. Okay. And he was talking about how maybe you don't have time to go run that six mile run in the morning or that two mile run in the morning. Get up every day and walk around the block twice. Mm -hmm. And even though it wasn't your two mile run before you went to work, you still trained your brain to walk out that door with those damn running shoes on and do something. Because when we're trying to build habits and break old ones that don't serve us, it takes that 30, 45, 60 day mark you know, for habits to really become part of the routine. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, of course, that can, be, that can be sped up if you're doing the affirmations and the rewiring work that we talked about before and all that stuff. But um, it takes a minute. And guys should be looking for opportunities to stretch and challenge themselves by way of discipline and by way of leveling up often. 
Yeah, because I think like the day after my divorce or the day of my divorce two years ago, uh, I remember looking at a bottle of bourbon on top of my fridge, and I was this close to opening up and just and just drinking myself silly. But for some reason, something spoke to me and gave me a choice. It's like you could use this energy for good or for bad. And I decided to use it for good where I set a goal to wake up before sunrise for a hundred days in a row and journal. And then if I did any more than that, like, like sometimes I'd meditate, sometimes I'd exercise, sometimes I'd do a little bit more, but my mini goal was just like, just be up before sunrise. That's all you got to do. And you got to journal. And some mornings I do my whole success ritual. Some, some mornings I just do that. Right. But what it taught me was I, I could, I had discipline because before that in my life, I'm like, I'm just not a very disciplined person. I just wasn't born with it or whatever, but it was a muscle that was just weak. And then I, I, I set a goal to work out for seven minutes a day uh, with an app called seven, uh, for a hundred days in a row. And I did that too. And it changed my life. Like it was these, they weren't miraculous things. It's like, okay, well, good for you. You woke up before sunrise a hundred days in a row. I mean, that's not that hard, but holy crap, was it hard? <laughs> Yeah, so I think that those little like the the mini things that aren't Instagram worthy or Facebook worthy or aren't impressive if you talk to somebody about it on a day to day basis. It, but if you mm. can just do it for sixty days, ninety days, a hundred days, and just give yourself the mm. check on the calendar when you get it done, uh, if it's walking around the block or doing ten push ups or or whatever. I mean, if it's making your bed every damn day, I mean, I don't care what it is. Uh, just testing your own discipline and building that muscle is that that was a huge thing for me. I mean, it changed my life, literally, like changed everything. Yeah. It builds your confidence levels as a man, because what you're basically doing is you're saying that which I determine, I will do. Mm -hmm. And too many men make determinations and have aspirations to do certain things and they don't follow through with them or they follow through for a while and then it falls by the wayside and then that whole failure syndrome thing comes in. But when you build the self-confidence based off of accomplishment, it's permanent, bro. It stays with you. It when you, when you have those internal dialogues where the worst of you is trying to convince the better of you that you're not who you think you are, or who you want to be, you have your own file cabinet of evidence where you're like, bullshit, bro. I get up every morning before sunup. I hit that gym. I'm working on my cardio. I'm working on my physique. You know, I'm at work. I'm uh, striving to be better at my job today than I was yesterday. I'm dating my wife. I'm working on my marriage. I spent time with my kids. You know, I explored some options on real estate investing or starting my own business. Like I am doing the work of a man you know what mm -hmm. i mean and it feels great when you lay your head down on your pillow at night bro you feel like you didn't let things go and that's a terrible feeling you know yeah yeah that is a awful when you're letting that's that's kind of where the resisting beta thing came from where you let that uh the old version of yourself win for too long and then all of a sudden who you are is different than kind of who you see yourself to be and you get stuck there and it, it it's a cycle. And it, if you spend too long there, it, it can, 
it can it, it can send you back to the depths pretty fast. <laughs> Some humbling situations pretty fast where if you spend too much time there, you can start losing those things that are really important to you, you know? Yeah, so, I heard. Go ahead, please. Oh, yeah. I was, I was kind of curious about your definition of being a man versus what is masculinity and kind of what is that uh, those things mean to you? Like, what does it mean to be a man? And you talk a little bit about that in your book, and I, I really loved your perspective on that. So I, I wanted you to share a little bit about um, your viewpoint on that. Yeah, man, absolutely. And it's, I don't want to say it's evolving. I mean, it's pretty clear. Masculinity is masculinity from the dawn of time. But um, I, 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 I have added to my understanding what manhood and masculinity is by being in this circle, being around guys like yourself, other podcast guests that I've had on, going books that I've read, different things. And I had a guy on my podcast a while back, and he was talking about how um, children boys are desire driven. Hmm. The next Fortnite game, the next birthday party, the next, you know, it's what, what's going to cause pleasure, right? As men, we need to traverse out of that mindset of being desire driven to become duty driven. Hmm. And that's, that's a mark of manhood. That's a mark of masculinity is to be duty driven. You get to a place in life where you realize, all right, I have obligations and I have responsibilities and I wear many hats. I'm a father, I'm a husband, I'm an employee. Um, I am the manager of my own fit of my own fitness. Like I'm my own, mm -hmm. you know, I'm, I am the manager of my own finances. I'm my own financier. This is an obligation that I have because if I fail in finance, I fail my family. I don't provide the quality of life for them that I could. Mm -hmm. If I fail in fitness, I short them years of my life that I could have had with them, you know, right? So these different hats that we wear as men, we have to see them through the lens of duty. We are serving others, right? And you can find your own purpose and your own dignity and your own fulfillment in and this is just for me, because I know there's a lot of guys out there that are single and maybe don't have kids and they're like, okay, how does that apply for me? But, you know, be dutiful to the responsibilities and the obligations that are before you. And that will make you feel as a man every day. And that's my take on it. You know, you could ask probably half a dozen other guys and get half a dozen other answers on that. But for me, did I honor my wife? Did I honor my kids? Did I manage my property in this land correctly? Did I show up strong at my job and give my employer the best shake for their money that they're paying me that I can? Did I help my company give our clients the best shake for their money that I can? Am I, am I maintaining my health in a way that's honorable? Am I fighting impulsivity and these toxic habits that want to continue to resurface in my life? Because the dirty little secret is those never go away. You will never get to a place where uh, lust and the desire to be a sexually, I don't want to say immoral, but sexually impulsive person in a way that will cause you pain, like sleeping with someone and getting somebody knocked up, right? Or being a porn addict, right? There's these parts of our humanity that want to resurface. They never completely die. So mm -hmm. did I sort up that day? 
and keep the toxic impulsive behaviors and mindsets, the depression, the discouragement, the imposter syndrome, did I do battle with that part of me today and keep that guy subdued and lift my apex man? You know Mm -hmm. what I mean? For me, that's what manhood and masculinity is. Honoring your obligations and honoring yourself to be the best version of yourself that you can be. Yeah, I love that, man. And I think like adding to that to where like giving yourself the grace when some when a plate drops, you know, like because you're human and all it happens to all men, you know, no matter how successful yeah. that they look like on the outside or you think mm-hmm. that they look perfect on the outside because their Instagram or Facebook account looks like it, you know, they think they right. have this perfect family and perfect wife mm-hmm. and whatever, but I mean, they're struggling with something and they drop a plate uh, just as often as you do, you know, but they probably just get up faster, (laughs) (laughs) you know, like just, they, they take the punch Mm -hmm. and they wince for a second or you might wince for a day, you know, or a week. Uh, And they're just more resilient. And I think that like, for me, looking at my life over the last couple of years, it, it took those little kind of mind strengthening things of doing things that I don't want to do in the moment, but I know I need to do them or I ought to do them. Right. And just doing that allowed me to kind of ignore the impulsivity as you talk about it of the, Oh, I really want this, you know, Oh, that donut smells amazing. Or I'm kind of horny right now. Let uh, There's nobody around. Maybe I'll, maybe I'll throw up a video here and, and uh, you know, take care of some, take care of some uh, built up horniness, you know, <laughs> you know, or, you know, whether it be food or, or money towards like, Oh yeah, well I haven't, but I haven't treated myself in a long time. Maybe I should, maybe I should buy myself a new watch or a new phone or a new console or, or whatever. And I think that it's pretty easy to spend a lot of time there, but if you don't just give yourself the little wins of discipline over time. And I know we've kind of talked about that subject a lot, but I do think it's important to not leave it alone because you're not, you're never going to have it all humming at the same time. You know, is what I'm saying. You're you're also never not going to fix it all at the same time. So I think that giving yourself those little wins and getting that momentum uh, is important. Um, And then over time, you brought that up. uh, You can feel like, I'm sorry. Right. Yeah. I feel like we can do, no, I feel like we'd be doing your audience a disservice to not talk about that aspect of it. And I'm really glad you brought that up because you can look at somebody's life. And I always worry that people, that's why I try to be really transparent on my podcasts. You know, my, you know, they know I'm not Mr. Perfect. Like I'm, I, I'm attempting to be Mr. Apex because we should all be attempting to be better than what we are. But there are moments where we fall flat on our face, bro catastrophic blowouts in character we treat people poorly Um, our sexual impulses get the better of us we're freaking exhausted and our body is screaming for calories and you know you or your wife didn't go grocery shopping so the only thing left in the cabinet is those oreos you know what i mean like we have moments like that and i think guys if they're not careful they can go wow these guys have a podcast so they're obviously doing this work 100 100, 110% all the time and never have these failures and I'm having them. Therefore, maybe I can't do this, you know, and that that's far from it, bro. Uh, learn how to pay. And this was a hard one for me, bro, because I internalize failure 
really bad, bro. Like hmm. it, it, if I'm not careful, it can sideline me hard. But I had to learn to find a balance between radical self-acceptance and self-forgiveness for moments of failure and weakness, but at the same time, not let the fact that I'm human and have a human nature give me free cause and a green light to just run after all of my passions all the time. Right. And everybody's compass, their moral compass, their conscience knows. They know when you're using it as a crutch and an excuse and when you're not taking it seriously and you know when you're trying your ass off and you're just having some hiccups along the journey mm -hmm. learn how to bounce back quick you know what i mean 100 as you said resilient yeah yeah and i think that, that that's one of the benefits that i've missed a lot in my life of having that brotherhood around you kind of they, they, they can catch you when you're not catching yourself you know mm -hmm. that you know as i was talking to to ross and episode two of the podcast and a couple of the other men to where uh, it, most men live like the, the life of silent desperation and mm. don't necessarily have that brotherhood around them to, you know, kick them in the nuts sometimes. They're like, Hey dude, man, what the hell are you doing? <laughs> like, <laughs> we need that not masculine energy to just call it, call us on our shit sometimes and be like, yeah. Hey man, you get a little soft. What's going on? <laughs> you know, like nothing wrong. I don't want to be mean or hurt your feelings, but I guess I don't really care in the moment because me as your brother, I need to I need to call you out when you're you're putting on that five or ten that you don't. I know you don't want it because it took you forever to get it off. You know, right? right. <laughs> like, what's slipping, brother? <laughs> yeah. I like that for sure, man. So we're coming near the end of our time here, man. It feels like it was just a minute. Um, so yeah. at at the end of every episode, I always ask, cause, and we've kind of hit it a bit, because uh, I think that you listen to a podcast like this and you, and you try to make all these changes at once in your life and it's just setting yourself up for a lot of frustration and a lot of quick failures. But if you were to give someone one thing to do over the next seven days and like, hey, this is your homework to get you some quick wins or some quick momentum, what would you tell them to do? Okay. I just went through a life coaching program myself, something I've wanted to do for a while. And I forked out the money and hired a life coach. It was fantastic. If anybody out there is considering doing that, um, no matter who you go through or who you hire, it is an amazing thing. And this guy does the ULA program and they have it's it's international bro like this thing but um and there's tons of coaches all over the world but they walk people through what they call these seven f's and it's fitness finance field which is your career faith family friends and fun and they say anything that happens in your life will fall into one of these categories so they always have everybody start out with their fitness because it's the fastest thing that you can do and start seeing results in to start building some confidence that you can become who you want to become, right? Um, if it's finance, well, just because you want to raise doesn't mean your boss is going to give you one. You know, if it's uh, a relationship issue, just because you want to patch it up with your wife and make it work doesn't mean she will. But with fitness, it's you and you alone. You determine, right? Mm. And so I would tell guys, man, start getting active. You know, if you got a whole bunch of things that you want to work on, and you're looking for a first step, start getting physically active. 
the cortisol comes down, the dopamine goes up, you feel way better about yourself, you get a full expansion of you know all your muscles and everything, you sweat out toxins. It's so beneficial psychologically and physically, so many different ways. Like guys would start there. Obviously, there's a lot of areas to go from there, but I would have guys do that. And as a runner up, bro, I would have guys really begin to start consuming more content on being a better person and start affirming with your own words that you are a better person every day because that's going to help change the belief, which is ultimately going to change the behavior. Mm-hmm. So yeah, so, it sounds like, how about this, boys, men? Uh, let's d- download a podcast or an audible book and go on a walk, right? Like first thing in the morning or right after dinner, you know, whatever fits your schedule and just do that for seven days and see what happens, right? Dude, I love that. I love that. That's so simple, bro. But that's exactly it. That's the first step. Mm-hmm. I love that. So if guys want to stay in uh, communication with you, where can they find the podcast? Where can they find your book? Where can they uh, continue the conversation and dialogue with you, Nick? Sure, man. So we're at uh, apexmasculinity.com. Pretty simple website. Um, It just kind of talks about what we're about. My number's up there. If guys are interested in coaching programs, I've got my number and my email listed up there. It goes into detail about what we're trying to accomplish at Apex Masculinity. The podcast can be heard anywhere, Spotify, iTunes, like Podbean, all these different places, Apex Masculinity. And the book, um, I wasn't cool enough to get picked up by a publisher. But to be honest with you, bro, I didn't even try. I didn't even want to fight that battle, bro. And there's some mentors that I've been quietly following that have helped me understand how to self-publish and have just as much success. And I'm telling you what, bro, the book is doing awesome, dude. Uh, The book can be found Amazon online, Barnes & Noble online, pretty much any of your high-end box store online outlets. You can find it online. It's also available as an ebook. If you can find that on Amazon as an ebook, and I think the ebook's like three bucks or something, but we just also turned it into an audiobook like four weeks ago. I found this oh. really cool, yeah, this really cool cat in Hollywood. Um, his name is Vox Ursa, which means voice of the bear in Russian. And he's got this velvety, buttery, smooth, masculine voice. And I don't have the equipment to narrate it myself. I would have liked to, but he narrated it for me and we turned it into an audiobook. So that's now on Audible and uh, and anywhere audiobooks are sold too. Yep. And the that's book awesome. is called. Yeah. I, yeah. I, no, I bought the book for three bucks on Kindle and I was really impressed, Nick. I mean, you. I mean, you, you say in the book that you have the eighth grade education, but you have. A gift of words. I mean, there's there's a lot of poetry in there of mm. s- storytelling and how you weave words together, and even like recapping the the story of in, in the fields and how your your hands were so blistered beyond belief, and and your trials and tribulation in prison, man. I mean, I, I haven't finished the book. I'm only a few chapters in, but. It's it's a really good read, man. I I want to commend you on the effort and and what you, what you did there. I'm I'm excited for you, man. Because the more men that read this, the more men that will feel touched and feel your story 
and be inspired by it. So I, I really appreciate what you've done, what you put out to the world. And I think it's an honor to have you on the podcast, man. Yeah. I appreciate the accolades, bro. It was uh, a year of 20 minutes a day, sometimes just a sentence or two a day. Sometimes I'd get a paragraph because I work a full-time job in the old fields, but I did not quit. I got it pushed through and uh, I'm getting a lot of great feedback. The reviews on Amazon are nothing short of humbling, bro. And I'm grateful for that. So yeah, thanks for having me on, man. And I appreciate it. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Resisting Beta Podcast. Here's where I need your help. I'd love for you to give us a review on your favorite podcast player. Also, follow us on TikTok and Instagram and share this message out to a man that needs to hear it because that's how we impact this world. Thank you very much. Make it a great day, man.